Blog Talk Radio. You've heard about it. You've read about it. You've talked about it. And now, you've found it. This is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your host, Alan Smith, a veteran of OTR trucking, business entrepreneur, and the most recognized name for assisting CDL students and new graduates. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Truth About Trucking Live begins right now. All right, and welcome back to the show, everyone. Today is Thursday, May 8th, 2014. I'm Alan Smith, along with Donna Smith, your humble host for Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Great informational program for you this evening. As many of you know, the uh, FMCSA's National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners rule kicks in on May 21st, so right around the corner. And uh, so what's it, all, what's it all about, and what does it mean for interstate drivers and carriers? Our special guest this evening is Elaine Papp, Division Chief for the FMCSA's Office of Medical Programs, and she will explain it all and provide the important information that we all need to know to ensure that we are compliant with the new rule. A um, link to the National Registry site is embedded within the show description for easy access to the site. So, Donna, you all ready over there, getting ready to roll? Yeah, I'm getting my links ready, putting them up in the chat room. <laughs> all right. <laughs> then our special guest, Elaine Pat, with the FMCSA for our show this evening, Understanding the National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners Program, and it's all coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live.
Hey everybody, Alan Smith here from Truth About Trucking Live and AskTheTrucker.com, and I want to tell you about TCRG Consulting. TCRG is a division of Transportation Compliance Resource Group, and with over 30 years of compliance and regulatory training and consulting, they are the company that can help you from the very startup of your new trucking commercial business to keeping your company compliant and up-to-date on the ever-changing federal motor carrier regulations. Their goal is to help their clients to comply with the FMCSRs. TCRG Consulting makes your DOT compliance easy and understandable, and they work hard to prevent interruption of your daily operations. So if you're having trouble with DOT, just think TCRG. Their services include obtaining DOT numbers, obtaining operating authority, new entrant carrier setup and training, driver qualifications, driver drug and alcohol training, maintenance records, CSA carrier reviews and counseling, data queue filings, plus a whole lot more. Their online special for drivers and owner-operators is offering a yearly consulting service for only $99. So for $99 a year, you have access to online compliance chat, free telephone consultations up to 15 minutes per call, data queue filings, and you'll be able to keep up with the ever-changing regulations with an expert, not the guy or gal in the truck next to you. So for more information, go to their website at tcrgconsulting.com or email Email them at regguy at comcast.net. You can get a quote or ask an online question. So remember, if you're having trouble with DOT, just think TCRG. TCRG Consulting, information and assistance to help you comply. Check them out, tcrgconsulting.com. This is Truth About Trucking Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at truthabouttrucking.com. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back. Elaine Papp, Division Chief of the FMCSA's Office of Medical Programs, as our guest. Uh, hey, Elaine, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us this evening. Thank you so much for having me. I really am uh, excited about speaking to you all again. I remember the great time we had when we were in Kansas. So, um, Missouri, Kansas City, wasn't it? Yeah, right. That, you were a speaker yeah, yeah. Uh, for every... Hi, Elaine. This is Donna. Hi, Donna. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, we were going to announce it tonight that uh, you were one of our speakers at the truck uh, driver convention in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, and, um, you know, every everybody kind of, like, took a huge liking to you. So, you know, with all the things that are said about the FMCSA, um, you've got good things said. Oh, that's so nice to hear. It was also fun because that's also where I met Dr. Dahlia for the first time. Oh, really? And yeah, she's a hoot. I was at her show a couple weeks ago, so that's also really nice. I um, am very excited about being able to talk about the National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners because it's a, a really hot topic right now, and I am very excited about getting out the accurate information about it. So I'm very happy that you allowed me to come on to your show. 
Well, we're glad to have you, and uh, we got a. It's going to be a, quite a bit of information. We're trying to get in in a pretty short time. Uh, uh, got a lot of listeners and callers on the line. Probably won't have any time to take any callers for the show due to, to the time limit. But uh, you know, we'll just get on rolling here, uh, Donna. It's uh, it's ladies first. You want to get the show rolling with our guests this evening? Um, sure. Uh, if you want to just let us know a little bit uh, about the National Registry and why the FMCSA felt the need to establish the Registry of Certified Medical Examiners, I guess we can start there. Okay, sure. Um, it, it actually has quite a bit of history to it. Um, the agency, as everybody knows, has a requirement for drivers to have physical examinations, and those exams need to be done by medical examiners. But prior to the National Registry, and even actually today, because the National Registry doesn't kick in until May 21st, we don't know how many medical examiners are conducting these physical exams. We don't know where those medical examiners are located or who they are. Um, we really don't even know their qualifications. And this is prior to the law? It's the prior to the law, and it even is today, except for those people who have registered. So in the 1990s, there was a really big crash in New Orleans, a bus crash, and that led to the death of 22 people, and that included the driver. And wow. on investigation, they found that the driver had a whole lot of medical conditions that should have disqualified him from driving, but that he did have his medical certificate, or what you all call the DOT card. Mm -hmm. So right. Congress got involved and mandated the FMCSA uh, develop a way of knowing who these medical examiners are, and the National Transportation Safety Board recommended that the agency develop a method for tracking medical examiners who conducted these physicals um, for truck drivers and bus drivers. Mm -hmm. They also mandated that we ensure that the medical examiners understand the FMCSA regulations and the role of the CMV driver. So the agency's response or answer to that was the National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners. And that was our answer to the congressional mandate and the NTSB, which is the National Transportation Safety Board, recommendations. Now the rule was originally published as a notice of proposed rulemaking for public comment, and we expect people when we publish those to write their comments about what they think. And we received the comments. And then we reviewed them, and we wrote and published the final rule in 2012. The compliance date was two years after, which would make it May 21, 2014. So we gave people two years to get prepared for the National Registry, and in two weeks it's going to have its compliance date, and at that time people will have to abide by the rule. Okay. okay. So, uh, so, I mean, it, it's... Obviously, it's it's really a major change for the medical examiners, but, I mean, how how major of a change is it for the drivers? And we're only talking about interstate drivers, correct? Right. Um, the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration governs interstate drivers, um, and the, the drivers, they have to get their physical exams done by a medical examiner always, 
now they have to get their physical exams done by a medical examiner who's on the National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners. So for the drivers, what that means is that as of May 21st, 2014, any driver whose medical certificate expires must get a new physical from a certified medical examiner who's listed on this National Registry. So not all 4 million drivers have to go out on May 21st and get a new exam. Just those people whose medical certificate expires, and at the time it expires, they have to get someone, um, a, an exam from someone listed on the National Registry. So the drivers only need to use the National Registry medical examiner when their certificate expires. Now, for brand new drivers who've never had a physical exam done, like somebody who's just entering into the truck driving, bus driving business, they'll have to have their first exam done by someone listed on the medical registry. Okay, so it can only be done by a, a doctor on the national registry for drivers, and uh, of course the carriers are going to have to comply to this as well. So how, uh, what's the best way, uh, I mean most of the time the motor carriers tell the driver where to go for their medical exam. So um, has the FMCSA notified the carriers of and you know how to how to find a medical examiner? I mean, how how do you, how do drivers and the carriers find a medical examiner uh, listed on the registry? The best way to just probably just go to the site. Yeah, there's a the National Registry of Certified Medical Examiners. The site is um, nationalregistry.fmcsa.dot.gov. And when you go there, you'll see there's a picture of people, and then right under that picture, sort of in the middle of the page, there's a big map. Under the map, there is an area where you can do a search function. So you can put in the city and the state, and you can push the search button, and that'll give you a list. The, the list prints out below the map, and then dots of where the medical examiners are located show up on the map. But the map itself is not actually interactive. In other words, you can't put a cursor on the dot and you have anything show up. But the whole list is below. Now, the list can be several pages long, and there are only so many names that fit on a page. So you may go down and say, wow, there are only, say, 10 people on this page. That, is that all the examiners in this area? But you'll see it will say next, and you push the next button, you get the next list. So... Um, you can search also um, if you want to find a particular medical examiner. You can do an advanced search and put the medical examiner's name in, or you can put the national registry number. Now, the carriers are going to have to check um, the driver's medical card when they bring it in, and they have to check and make sure that that medical examiner is indeed on the registry. So they'll look at the advanced search and put in the National Registry number and they'll see if the name pops up. So okay, once the driver gets the list by zip code, you know, as I said, it'll appear below the search fields and there might be a whole lot of pages, so you have to keep going through the pages. So to find the medical okay. examiner, you visit the National Registry website. You go just a little bit below the map put in the city and state or the National Registry 
number if you have that or the business name. There's a whole lot of different ways you can search. For advanced searches, you have to use the uh, national registry number, the business name, or the name of the medical examiner. If you just want to know where somebody is in a certain location, then you just put the the state. And there's a little button, you know, like you do for if you're looking at another site to find stores or something. It's how many, a radius of how many miles. So if you put in, say, right. teen miles, you may not get very many. But if you put in 50 miles, you might get a whole lot more. Right. Okay. So, and again, we, we have that link up in the show's, uh, show's description, too. So, um you know, like I said, you know, most motor carriers are going to tell the driver where to go anyway, so it's really their responsibility to find the, the examiner that's on this national registry. I, and I assume FMCSA notified, uh, you guys notified all the motor carriers of this, so they're all very, they're, they should all be aware of it anyway, right? Yep. I've been talking to, um, doing webinars and talking to folks and, uh, you know, ATA and OIDA and all of the carriers. I have a have another um, webinar next week with a, um, an organization that deals with small trucking companies. They have about 1,500 carriers that they deal with, so I'll be talking to them about it too. We're trying to get the word out every way we can. Okay. I wanted right. to just ask a question. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can do that. <laughs> now, uh, I know it's been a concern for many that there would be enough medical examiners uh, to go around. And um, it, it says here that so far you have 42,000 people have signed up to become a medical examiner. Actually, it's even more than that. Um, we get a, a statistical report from the... Uh, people who run the system every week, and it's a pretty, pretty interesting phenomenon. Uh, we anticipate having enough medical examiners to meet the driver needs. Right now, at, well, this is actually as of Monday, so I'm sure the number is even higher right now. Um, we had 44,127 people that had registered to become medical examiners. Now, these are people who have registered, haven't taken the training and the testing yet, but have gone through the process of signing up. And I believe that once you've taken that process to sign up, that you're going to go through the rest of the process of taking the training and the testing. We have 19,442 who have actually taken and passed the test. Mm -hmm. And again, that was as of Monday. And that's an increase of over 1,700 in one week. Wow. So those have been added. We have a couple hundred, I mean, maybe about 2,000 who have passed the test, but they haven't yet been put on to the National Registry because we have to double-check their licenses and there's some issues with the way they put their training in or something administrative in their form that we have to fix. But we really do expect that the other 44 or however many after 19,000 are left 25,000 will be taking their exam and getting listed. But typically, people don't like to take tests. It doesn't matter who you are, they don't like to take tests. And our testing organizations have told us that 
our graph is going to sort of look like a hockey stick. It's going to go slow, 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 and then near as it comes near the end, it's just going to pop straight up. And we're finding that now. So we anticipate that most of the people who have signed up of those 44,000 will take the exam, pass it, and be listed on the registry by May 21st. Some okay, have and actually signed up to take the test a little bit later than May 21st, like May 26th and things like that. So we expect to have, I actually think we're probably going to have around 25,000 signed up by May 21st. How many is that? I think 25. we're probably going to have close to about 25,000 signed up by May 21st. Oh. Okay, yeah, and and y'all estimated that you needed a, a 40,000, so, but even well, if you're short of that 40,000 on May 21st, that, like you said, is not going to be a big problem probably because everybody's card doesn't expire on May 21st. That's right. So although we did say in the rulemaking, just like you said, that we estimated a need of 40,000, we've actually surpassed that with the number of people who've signed up. Right. And we're not going to need all of those on the May 21st. Not all drivers mm -hmm. who have to get an exam are going to have their cards expire on May 21st. And not all medical cards um, are going to expire in the same areas of the country at the same time. So that's the only concern that we really need to do, and that is we have to be sure that we have medical examiners located throughout the nation, especially in the rural and underserved communities, and we're working on that now. We're working yeah, that's with CVS Caremark. Um, they have minute clinics. They're putting minute clinics in all these CVS stores across the nation, and they have about 820 oh. clinics that they are putting a National Registry uh, certified medical examiner in each one of those clinics. Um, there are a couple of truck stops. There's one in Oklahoma City, and I believe the other one is in Knoxville, Tennessee, that have clinics in the truck stops. There are about six more truck stops this year that will be putting clinics with certified medical examiners in those clinics. So we're working to get a lot of this done um, making sure that truckers have a way of getting their exam from someone on the certified medical examiner list. Well, I'm glad you touched on the fact because this this was like caused like a minor panic. I noticed uh, online people thought that once May 21st hit, that they all had to run and redo their card, even though let's say it didn't expire for six months. So, um, again, we'll just say again, no, it, it's when it expires, correct? I mean, I just yes. confirm that. Yeah, yep. okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you an example. If you were given a medical certificate in January of 2014, which is, you know, just a couple of months ago, and it was a two-year medical certificate, you would not have to see someone on the National Registry until January 2016. Right. Okay. And and that's another reason, again, to reiterate why, um, you know, you wouldn't need all 40,000 because, I mean, everybody's card is expires at a different time. So uh, that that's another example for that. But it sounds like there's going to be more than enough anyway now that you're talking about these big numbers. 
Yeah, get them, get them through their procrastination like everybody does. But, well, okay, well, we know it's all for uh, interstate drivers, but let's touch a little bit on intrastate drivers. Does this mean anything for them? I mean, if, if you're an intrastate driver and your employer doesn't require you to use someone on the registry, uh, is there something, what, what do they do? Anything? Well, first of all, let me kind of explain a difference between intrastate drivers and interstate drivers. It's a definition that's kind of complex, and I'm going to sort of simplify it. Um, it boils down to whether the goods you carry cross the state lines or not. It's the goods and the size of the vehicle that determine whether a driver falls into the category of intrastate, interstate, and whether they need to have a medical certificate. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. If a FedEx driver is driving a truck that weighs 10,001 pounds or more, but only within, the, say, the city of Baltimore, the driver is still considered interstate even though he never leaves the city of Baltimore. And that's because the goods that he's carrying have crossed a state line, and that driver is part of that chain of interstate commerce. Okay. Now, if the driver is driving a vehicle weighing 10,001 pounds and he hauls gravel from a quarry in the state of Maryland to a cement factory in the state of Maryland, he's considered intrastate because his goods have never crossed state lines. Now, the, whether or not an intrastate driver will need to use someone on the medical uh, certificate list, the National Registry, will be determined by the state that the person's in. Uh, we, as a federal agency, govern interstate drivers, and the states will make their determination of whether somebody has to use someone on the National Registry for their state um, CDL. Well, to play it safe, though, wouldn't it just make sense to make sure you go to a, a one who's certified on the list? I mean, then, then you don't have to worry about it, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, if you ha if if in doubt, just do it. That's, I think that's probably the simplest uh, way. I mean, I guess you could research it and spend the time, but. Well, I mean, I was just curious because okay, I mean, officially now I'm an intrastate driver, but my company also runs interstate. So, and mine expires in October. So I'm so that's why I'm really curious about this because I'm going to be going through it in October, but. I'm an intrastate driver, but my company operates interstate. But uh, I think they've put out a notice that, you know, we're, we're all going to be going on the uh, National Registry anyway. And is that because they also operate interstate? Uh, yes, probably so. And they want to probably make sure that their drivers could be interchangeable if they need you for something. Uh, I don't know exactly how your company works, but a company can require people to get a, in, in use someone on the national registry if they're intrastate too. Yeah, that's happened actually that you brought that up. Uh that has happened within uh the company, you know, a couple of times. Uh you know, they'll ask you, "Hey, do you mind going here or there?" and you don't have to, but but you're absolutely right that that was a situation that occurred a, a couple of times. Well, okay, well how as far as the medical exams itself, I mean, uh how how consistent will it be? I mean, if, are there standards to go by? I mean, Donna had a good point. Like, would would an examiner in Texas offer the same exact exam and recommendations as, let's say, an examiner in New York? 
Well, the, re- the National Registry actually should make the physical exams more consistent than they've been in the past. Um, and that's because medical examiners have to undergo the training and take a test about the FMCSA regulations. But, you know, as you realize, every person's medical condition may vary. And the medical examiner, as has always been the case, makes his or her determination about whether a driver is physically qualified or whether the driver needs further evaluation based on whatever clinical findings or the assessment that they're doing on the individual being examined. So it may vary based on that individual's um, exam results. So if I find that this person has high blood pressure, I may ask them to come back for another blood pressure check. Whereas another okay. driver, I might not ask to come back for another blood pressure check because his blood pressure isn't high. So there's a lot of differences in the findings when they're doing the exam that will lead maybe to further testing or will lead to a driver, um, medical examiner saying this driver um, can only be qualified for one year. There's a whole lot of different issues involved because they do it on a case-by-case basis depending on the person in front of them. Right. It's very personalized. But but that brings up, you mentioned blood pressure, so that, that kind of jogged my mind a little bit too. I mean, will, will the, under this, I mean, it's, uh, again, it's like, I mean, this is a major change for the examiners. I'm trying to see where the, you know, big changes for drivers are. Will, I mean, will will the basic requirements for the standards still be the same? And by that I mean uh, the the requirement, the qualifying requirements for vision, hearing, blood pressure, that kind of thing, all that still kind of stays, it, the requirements for that stays the same, right? You have to have a certain amount of vision, hearing, blood pressure, and all that good stuff. Nothing in that changes. Yes, nothing in the physical requirements, rules change because of the National Registry. The only thing that changes is that medical examiners have to be trained, tested, and listed on the National Registry, but none of the physical qualification requirements have changed. All right. Donna, you had a um, a really good question on uh, contesting. Mm-hmm. You remember that one? Yeah. That's uh, a, that was a really good question. What was that one? Well, <clears throat> let's say a driver goes to a, a, a medical examiner, and in the past, you know, he never had a problem, and he, he, he goes to one now on the registry and doesn't agree uh, or says, well, you know, it, it was never a problem before. Is there a way to uh, contest, let's say, a recommendation from a medical examiner uh, for any condition? Uh, yeah, we have ways of doing it, but it's called the, um, the conflict resolution, and it's a, it's a fairly complex rule. It addresses all sorts of issues uh, related to the differences in medical opinion between two medical providers. So the conflict resolution regulation requires an extensive analysis and a whole lot of documentation that can take a while to resolve. 
Um, in addition, the conflict resolution requirements include trying to resolve the conflict before. So what we recommend is that if there are two differences in medical opinion, that that try to be resolved before they bring it to FMCSA for resolution because it takes us, we have to get a lot of documentation and review everybody's documentation to make a decision. Right. Where do they send that documentation? They send that to me, and there's a, a rule in the... Um, Code of Federal Regulations that tells everything they need to do to to do the conflict resolution. Okay. It's, uh, uh -huh. The number of the rule is 49 CFR 391.47. 391.47. And that's for contesting. Mm-hmm. All right. As far as far as the medical examiner's fees. I mean, associated with conducting the, the examinations. Does the FMCSA have anything to do with that? Do you guys set the guidelines for the fees that the examiners can uh, charge? No, absolutely not. We are, we are not involved in any of the fees, none of the fees for the training and testing of the medical examiners, and none of the fees that the medical examiners charge. We have absolutely nothing to do with that. Okay, well, you made that point very clear. So. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say hi to the callers and the listeners. We've got a lot of callers on the line with their hands up. We're just running a, a real quick show tonight, so probably won't have any time to take your calls, but we appreciate you listening, too, uh, as well. And, uh, well, another another good point to bring up, I uh, had a lot of people who was asking this question. So will will their employer, under this new rule, have access to their medical evaluations? You know, this new rule really doesn't change anything with any of the regulations other than requiring medical examiners to be listed on the National Registry. So the agency has always had a rule that says that a driver must give the employer their medical card. That's the medical certificate that has the name and says whether they can drive or whether they need a, an exemption. But they don't have to give the medical examination report form or what some people call the long form. Now that medical examination report form is the form that the medical examiner uses to write down the blood pressure and the vision. It's the form right. that drivers use to click their little history and they show their history, their medical history on it. So that's the long form. And that form is not required by FMCSA to be given to an employer. However, some employers will require it as a condition of employment. They'll tell all of their drivers that as a condition of employment they must give them that form. And we don't prohibit the carriers from getting that form. But it's an issue that goes between the driver and the employer. It's not mm -hmm. a requirement of FMCSA, but we don't mm -hmm. prohibit the employer from having it. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's I, go I, ahead. Don. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I did have a question. Prior to the new rule, how did you become a, a medical examiner and perform a, a, you know, a DOT physical? What, what were the requirements prior to this new rule? Well, the requirements were that you have a license to practice. And, and that was it. Okay, so if anybody wanted to do it prior, um, 
They could just do it. They all they had to do was have the forms, right? No. And they had to meet the you know, there's the, we we had a list of who the medical examiners are. We have a rule that it defines it's a definition of medical examiner and it says it's a medical doctor, a doctor of osteopathy, a nurse practitioner, a physician assistant, mm-hmm. or chiropractor or any other person whose scope of practice as defined by the state that licenses them mm-hmm. is allowed mm-hmm. by that state to do this type of exam. That's why I said okay. we really didn't know who was doing them, how many there were doing them, who, what kind of practitioners were doing them, where they were located. We had no clue. So this really does, you know, control actually even the qualifications to a greater extent. Um, I mean, just by taking the exam and, you know, going through a process. Sometimes when you have to go through a process, you take things uh, a little more serious than um, than you would regularly, I, I would think anyway. It's a bigger commitment from what I see yes, that people and make. Yes, it, it ensures that people who are doing the exam understand the role of the driver and understand the FMCSA regulations and how to apply them to the physical condition that exists. Well, I, re- I remember last year at the convention, Dr. Delia, boy, she was ready to jump on it, but that, boy, that, that lady was a hoot, man. She was funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's really, she really is. <laughs> she she really is hilarious. Yeah, and she really knows her business too. Yeah, she does. I remember asking her, "Well, what do you have to be to? What do you have to do to become a DOT examiner?" And you said, "Be a doctor." And she goes, "So I'm sure she's going to be jumping on this." But well, look, I know your time's short. We really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything that Don and I may have missed that uh, that you know we did we cover everything you wanted to get across to our listeners? I. I hope so. I just my my main points are that you don't have to get a medical certificate from someone listed on the national registry until your medical card expires. Um, we do believe there will be plenty of medical examiners located in across the nation to meet the needs of the drivers. And we are really working on making sure if we find areas uh, where there are gaps that we do some, you know, focused marketing to get more medical examiners in those areas. And we're working with a lot of groups to be sure that the word is spread and everybody knows about it. Uh, And the main thing is that none of the other rules the physical qualification rules have changed because of this national registry. Just okay. the medical, just that rule affecting the the doctors and the nurse practitioners and chiropractors. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of the main question I had. I was just I just was wondering if the requirements stayed the same, and they do. So, well, listen. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on again. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very, very much for having me. I really enjoyed being with you two again. And hopefully we can have a follow-up um, uh, as we discussed, and we can really get into detail uh, the uh, the actual uh, questions people have about specific uh, either disabilities, illnesses, you know, 
like sleep apnea and all that kind Medical. of stuff because that, that that would Medical. be a great show. Yeah. Yeah, specific medical. Yeah, yeah, because we, uh, I have a uh, lot of listeners online with their hands up, but we just didn't have time to take any calls. But we'll do a follow up and listen. If you're, uh, if you ever get down here in Florida, give us a call. We'll take you out for some real seafood. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so very, very much. I look forward to seeing you all again sometime. Oh yeah, we do too. All right. Thanks oh, again, Elaine. Great. We really appreciate it. Go ahead. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh huh. Have Bye-bye. a great evening. Um, all right. Well, Donnie, have any announcements we're going to get to? We'll do a break and come back, or you got some? Yeah. Well, I have. Um, did you want to do your break first? Uh-huh. Yeah, better get that sponsor in there. They'll be calling me. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Donna has a few announcements, and we'll wrap up this broadcast of Truth About Trucking Live. Hang with us. You're listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Alan Smith will be right back. What's up, truckers? Are you looking for deals on trucks, trailers, parts, or equipment? Or maybe you need to sell something truck-related. Well, there's a great spot on the web where truckers deal with other truckers. No middlemen involved. That's why we call it TruckerToTrucker.com. There's no charge at all for looking. And if you want to place an ad for what you're selling, it's just $19.95. And it runs till it sells. So whether you're buying or selling, it's time to log on and take a look. TruckerToTrucker.com. Check it out. That's TruckerToTrucker.com. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live, and I want to tell you about TruckerLawyers.com. TruckerLawyers.com helps drivers with their legal needs, and they specialize in workers' compensation, trucking accidents, employment law, and other areas, but they never work for trucking companies. TruckerLawyers.com arms you with important information regarding workers' compensation and your legal rights, and they are also available to help you find assistance for additional legal issues. This includes determining how to get you the best benefits possible for your situation. The website truckerlawyers.com is a resource where you can learn more about your legal rights as a driver. Feel free to continue the social media conversation by liking them on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash truckerlawyers and follow them on Twitter as at truckerlawyers. Call them to talk through your questions at 1-800-736-5503. And when you call truckerlawyers, TruckerLawyers.com. Be sure to mention that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. There's a lot of copycats out there, but you know, there's only one. Truth About Trucking Live. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. Uh, good show, a lot of inf- good information, you know. She, she's a nice lady. She is a wonderful person, and uh, I'll tell you why. I, like I said in the beginning of the show, everybody at the convention uh, last year absolutely loved Elaine and, and her sincerity and her integrity uh, trying to actually help drivers. And, and I know, you know, sometimes drivers, you know, they get on the FMCSA about all kinds of stuff, but uh, this is one woman where uh, the entire room just embraced and uh, could feel her sincerity. So we're so grateful she could be on the show, and I'm grateful uh, to have been able to meet her also. Yeah, so. yeah, she's, she's a great person. So, well, listen, um, 
what, what do you got for us this evening? Well, I have something, you know, online with health. Tonight we were talking about um, medical examiners and health exams and everything. And health has always been, you know, an issue. We've, we've had quite a few shows about it. But um, we had a free giveaway tonight in the chat room. And unfortunately, we have guests signed in, and they don't have a login. Therefore, they're not allowed to type answers. So I know they can hear us. So we're going to ask the question, and they can post the answer um, on our Facebook page uh, instead. And the question um, for this, and it, it, and by the way, this is for a free giveaway. I didn't I didn't even say what the the prize was. It's for a free giveaway by Asante Organics, and uh, it's well. It's a, uh, how could I explain it? It's, it's greens. It's like everybody knows they're supposed to be eating their vegetables. And, I mean, drivers will say, well, how am I supposed to eat all these fruits and vegetables? I'm driving. You know, I stop off. I have to just grab, you know, maybe a salad if I'm lucky in it. And, by the way, everybody. Maybe um, a salad. Maybe a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's if they're not behaving. But if they want to behave, what they try to do is get a salad. And I just want to tell everybody that there is no nutrients in uh, iceberg lettuce. And I just found that out not too long ago. Here, you know, I thought I was eating all healthy. So now my salads, you know, consist of kale, uh, romaine lettuce, spinach, uh, things like that, arugula. And that, to me, is a salad. Uh, but anyway, our, our giveaway tonight is going to be a powder that you can either sprinkle on your salad, your food, mix with a drink, and it is uh, equal to 5.5 pounds of fresh vegetables. Really? Green. Yeah. What's I it know. called? It's called uh, greens. The the green. Hold on, I I have it written. Now, come down. on, you're, you're. I know. You're you're slacking over I there. I am slacking because I got all these papers in front of me. Earth greens. Oh, okay. And it's by Asante or Organics, and uh, actually, um, uh, our order will be coming in ourselves. So you're going to be getting that sprinkled on your uh, lunch hour. Okay, sounds and, good. Yeah, me. and. Uh, Anyway, let me just read a little bit about it. Um, 5.5 pounds of 100% organic, live, raw, whole food, wild-crafted vegetables in each scoop. Okay, it's gluten-free, it's organic, and it's a powerful blend of uh, certified chemical-free grasses, vegetables, sprouts, leaves, and high-frequency minerals, which provide whole-body nutrition. Plus, they assist in alkalizing energizing and nourishing yourselves. And that's another thing. With all the research I've done in the last two years, um, I'm embarrassed to say that I just realized that alkalizing is important. And, I mean, there's just so much to know about uh, your your health and what you should be doing. Uh, organic is like the number one thing be- because between all the pesticides, herbicides, and genetically modified organisms that they're using now in our food supply, the only way you can really assure ensure that you're uh, you're getting good whole food is if it says organic. And that's uh, getting to be a big thing now. Oh, it is. I mean, they're even advertising on TV organic for your for your pets and. Uh, so, I mean, 
it is a big thing. Uh, this product that I'm kind of excited about and we're going to be giving away tonight also includes minerals, iron, calcium, potassium, magnesium, vitamins K, C, E, and B, phytonutrients, beta-carotene, lutein, uh, zeaxanthin, and omega-3. So, um, oh, it's loaded. It's, it's, it's pretty loaded, and I was pretty impressed. I'm going to put the link out, actually, to the product page, and I'm going to let people see it online. But the question, the question um, yeah, we're all uh, waiting for the question. That, that you answer on our Facebook page, and we'll post it also, but we'll give the listeners a head start since um, they're in the chat room, but they just didn't get a login to write it out, would be, what is one criteria that makes a food organic? And I just said a, a few of them, but you just, the first one who can list on our Facebook page, one criteria which ensures that a food is organic. And and you're the winner of the prize, and then we'll have to, you know, PM you and get your address and everything so we can send you your Earth Greens, and you can try it out. But that's the question, and uh, hold what, on. What okay. value is that? Value meaning. Um, well, this is this is a sample that um, that Rich is sending us, Rich Chelson, who I actually hooked up with him on Facebook, and he. Sent, I, I was so grateful to get this link. It's called Asante Organics because they have all these products. So anyway, I signed up so that I could get everything wholesale, and um, and that's what I've done. So I'll put I'll put my link out there. Um, so if you want want to get things wholesale, you can too. And uh, anyway, hi Rich. I see him in the chat room. And I don't know if he just heard me announce the because um, I just saw him come on. Uh, if I if he heard me announce the uh, the contest or not, but um, it's which criteria? Just say one criteria that establishes a product to be organic, and then we'll give his, uh, his okay. product away. And you'll be watching the Facebook page for that first. Yeah, one, first I'll, one, first serve, huh? That's that's it. Um, I'm trying to get on Facebook now. Hold on. My problem is, everybody, I have so many windows open uh, that, you know, I get confused over here, which doesn't take much. But anyway, <laughs> I'm looking forward to giving away that, and I know Rich is also, and I'll put my link up, and we can move forward with that. The other thing I wanted to announce tonight, um, I know we're running out of time, but, uh, you know, we had the um, the big call for transparency. I mean, everybody knows, you say the word broker to uh, truck drivers, and it's like the, the hair on the back of their neck just stands up. I mean, even though they'll use a fruit broker for loads and things like that, the, the trust level seems to be so low, and it's either because of all the fraud that's gone on in the past, um, you know, people just setting up, broker uh, licenses, and even drivers. Oh, boy, there's a couple of great articles, drivers, people pre, pre, uh, pretending to be a broker or a driver, and they get online, they book a load, then they sell it, and that's, you know, the double brokering and all this. But anyway, the mistrust is there. And uh, James Lamb of the um, AIPPA called up 
uh, a big call for transparency among brokers to say, listen, drivers don't trust, you know, uh, trust brokers. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of really honest people out there who run a legitimate business. And he also was against the um, the mega brokers. So in the meantime, what he did was he called on transparency to say what your rate is going to be. So it's a rate transparency. And we're so happy uh, Logistics.com came forward, and they are now uh, the very first ones that came forward, since this is pretty new, to display their rate transparency for their load. And uh, we just want to say congratulations uh, to both James Lamb and Logistics.com for doing that. And we will be having a follow-up show on this uh, tentatively uh, May 22nd. So uh, everybody mark May 22nd down for that show. And uh, other than that, I think I've covered it for tonight with the time allowed. I know we only have two minutes left, so um, we'll see you then. All right, and you'll take care of the giveaway. So, I will all right. take care of that. Okay, good. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites and check us out on Facebook and Twitter under Ask the Trucker and come join our blog at askthetrucker.com. And thanks again to Elaine Papp of the FMCSA's Office of Medical Programs for joining us. And we'll leave you with a song from the When the Big Rigs Don't Roll CD, and you can grab your, mu- your music CD at alanairsproductions.com. This one's called Big John's Coming to Town. So until next time, on behalf of Donna Smith, askthetrucker.com, truthabouttrucking.com, Blog Talk Radio, and Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. To Rose's truck stop outside of San Antonio. Thought I stepped out of my cab into the twilight zone. Truckers all around me looked at me and stared. I even saw one cross himself and say a little prayer. A waitress grabbed my arm and whispered, What you having, dear? I just whispered back to her what's going on in here. Somebody yelled, a woman screamed, someone fired a gun. Skinny Cook hollered, Big John's coming, save yourself and run. Don't hesitate, contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. 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 I looked down the street, couldn't believe my eyes. A wild man in a Peterbilt, a cougar by his side. Stacks were blowing flames when he locked those air brakes down. Big Cat followed him inside just like he was a hound. Man gave me the evil eye, shuffled by me like a bear. Grabbed six cans of Red Bull and downed them with a stare. Drank hot coffee from the pot, never blinked an eye. 
Right there on that spot that day I thought I would die Don't hesitate or contemplate Save yourself and don't slow down Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough Big John's coming to town Big John's coming to town Tossed a three-pound steak into a frying pan Turned it once and turned it twice Grabbed it with his hand Ate it all with habaneros Finished it with a belch Flames flashed from his smoking lips Breath as hot as hell Then he turned and looked me in the eye With a crooked grin Right there on that spot that day I thought it was my end Big man said, do you know me? i never seen you around Stranger, we both better get out Big John's coming to town Don't hesitate or contemplate Save yourself and don't slow down Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough Big John's coming to town 